Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie, while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. A big welcome to the podcast community, and I'm your host, Dave Kane. Just because we made it past April 15th, doesn't mean we're going to stop talking about taxes. In fact, every time we think we have a handle on one thing, another tax concern leaves us scratching our heads and dipping into our wallets. Which brings us to today's topic. Now that Wayfair is the law of the land, we need to talk again with Joe Pop. Joe, how are you? Hi, Dave. It is great to be back on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me back. I think this is six or seven or 12. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not keeping score, but uh, it's so much fun. I've lost count. It's great. Thanks for having me back. You know what? Actually, a lot's going on in the uh, state taxation. Yes, that's right. Uh, We got kind of a a real interesting list of things to try and go through today. Uh, Just general updates, primarily for folks in the small business community. This is a really good podcast for you. Just a lot of stuff that you may not be aware is going on lurking around the corners in the state and local tax kind of area. And so this one is 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 a really nice one, I think, uh, to listen to, we've got some uh, some dangers out there, some kind of funny stuff, some kind of tragic funny stuff, and then also some cool opportunities for us here in Ohio. Joe, this is, uh, like I said, you've been here, what, seven, eight times? Something like that. Good, yes. mm-hmm. good. Yep. So uh, what we want to do is I, I want to take off on this. Uh, you, you know, I've talked many times about this wafer thing. Yep. And it's crazy. It, it is. is. Let's call it crazy town. It is crazy town. There's That's a true. lot going on out there. Yep. Let's start with crazy town. Okay. We'll What's going in. on? Well, so the states have now kind of gone through and they've looked at uh, the Wayfair case. Uh, most states now, today, as you're listening to this, have implemented some version of Wayfair. And so, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, you know, sort of the do it yourself at home, make your own volcano uh, sort of uh, version of this is. You got $100,000 of sales. You got 200 transactions in a state. You might have to worry about doing something in a state, even if you don't have any presence or people or anything there. But to this crazy town stuff. So now states are looking at the next level of this. And one of the things they're starting to do is to put together anti-avoidance rules. This is for all of us cool accountants and attorneys and other things that are looking to help people out. And so when I said, hey, it's $100,000 a year in a particular state, well, I have 150,000. Why don't I just chop my business in two? Hey, there you go. I got 75 and 75. That makes 150, but both are below 100. I don't have to worry about this. And states are now coming back and saying, well, hold on. We're going to go through and do these anti-avoidance rules to say, if you really pass that threshold, you can't chop up your companies to avoid having to pay us tax. So they're going and doing that. To to go all the way to crazy town, you might think, well, it's kind of crazy town. To go all the way there, Now what the states are doing is they're farming out their state tax audits on a contingent fee. What? That's right. That's right. So they're actually going to these uh, people who have this knowledge in state and local tax. And they're saying, guys, we can't afford to do this with our local people. I'll tell you what, if you will go and you will audit this person over here, we'll give you a percentage of whatever you find. Give the rest to us. We don't have to pay anything else. You don't find anything. We're not paying you. So, you know, you're kind of on the on the hook to make sure we get results. And then we're more than willing to cut you a check based on a percentage of what you do. 
And so we now have, we've always had some people doing contingent fees on the other side, on the defense side. Now we have it kind of on the prosecutor side. So to put this in like law and order, you know, kind of kind of context, we got contingent fee prosecutors and we got contingent fee defense attorneys and we're in for a, a really fun wild ride to crazy town. That's great. Now, now you'd mentioned to me off mic that Massachusetts is doing something crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's another one that's that's kind of all crazy. the way. Now, this one might be past crazy town. I'm not sure what you'd have. We have some band people that are kind of around us in the room. So I don't know if there's something a little further out there that Ozzy did than, you know, crazy town. Uh, but I'll tell you, what Massachusetts has now proposed is daily sales tax reporting. Every day, if you meet what? some of their requirements, that's right. Every single day, you may have to file a sales tax return and make a payment because after all, what's easier than closing the cash register at the end of every day and giving them their money right then and there? And so that's one of the things that's been proposed and that's crazy town. Wow, that could, that could have riveting effects across the business community. It's true, that's right. So what's going on? I mean, where, where do you think? What, give us a percentage. Is it going to happen? Oh, I think so. Uh, I think that when you take a look at some of the, the failures of compliance uh, in the sales tax area, a lot of it are these folks that have to file quarterly. They kind of let things go over a period of time. And then they, oh gosh, it's due next week. We got to hurry up and get all our ducks in a row. A daily reporting kind of thing might actually be a benefit for compliance uh, percentage. So I, while it is going to be really burdensome, if they make it easy enough, I think it might just be, uh, hey, it's the end of the day. Let's close this down. We know kind of what happened. Here it is. And so I don't know that it necessarily will end up being a bad thing. We'll see. We'll see. So that's a few of the things that are out there that are kind of on the crazy side of the, of the Wayfair case. But there is actually one little bright spot. So uh, I know that you— uh, you chastised me one time for coming on to the to the podcast and only giving out Not bad me. news. Not well, me. someone, someone did. Uh, could have been one of the ghosts that's floating around over here. But anyway, so one of the actually cool positive things that the states are now doing is they're looking at this Wayfair case. And if you remember, this was the $100,000 or 200 transactions. And in a prior episode, we kind of talked about, well, what if I only sell, you know, a $10 item into the state and I sell it 200 times? My gross receipts are $2,000. My profit is not that. And my goodness, that means I have to do all this sales tax filing and reporting and have all this software and stuff that can't possibly be right. And so what the states now have come back and looked at is they're looking at these transaction numbers and a lot of them are thinking, you know what? Maybe we need to just back off on that and say, could we subject you to tax in our state if you do 200 transactions? Well, we could, but you know what? Why don't we just cap it at the dollar amount? If we do the dollar amount, if you're making $100,000, I'll tell you what, you don't have a strong argument to say, I'm not making enough money to file a tax return in your state. If you're making $2,000, yeah, probably you do have a good argument on that. So on a bright note, a lot of these states, now that have implemented Wayfair, they're now walking it back just a little bit. And they're saying, you know what? We don't want to be super crazy aggressive on this and cause ourselves a lot of problems. Tell you what, maybe we'll walk those back. And that 200 transaction limit may actually become less of a problem as we move forward. Right now it still is, but this is kind of the next version of the states looking and considering what they're going to do with this. So is that... What we're looking at in 2019, 2020? 
On on Wayfair? Yes. Oh, well, unfortunately, we have a couple other things to look at. One of those things is online marketplaces. Have you heard of those? Amazon, eBay. Absolutely. uh, Etsy, things of that. Wayfair. Might have heard of Wayfair. So these online marketplaces. So I may have mentioned this a little bit on one of our prior podcasts, but I'll tell you, this has now become a really dangerous thing for people. If you are selling through an online marketplace and that online marketplace has any of your inventory anywhere, Amazon is a prime example of this, throw out the word Wayfair. doesn't matter. You will have Nexus in every place that that online marketplace has Nexus because where their warehouses are, that's where your stuff is. And so if you're selling through Amazon using their fulfillment service, toss the Wayfair thing out the window. It's now based on where your property is in addition to Wayfair. This doesn't sound good for me. Well, what are you selling, Dave? Well, you know, I'm selling stuff. (laughs) I'm selling stuff. Okay, all right. Autograph guitar picks. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Very good. Uh, so if you're doing that through the online marketplace, that's something to be concerned with. Here's the other kind of problem. A lot of states now have implemented these rules for online marketplaces where if you're selling through the online marketplace, the online marketplace has to collect the tax and file it, send it to the state. Well, Dave... If you're selling your autographed guitar picks through Amazon, but also on your personal website and also through catalog and also at musical festivals throughout the United States when you go and you have the table where you've set those up, well, Dave, where are you going to have to collect sales tax and on what sales? Well, you're going to have to collect tax on the booth at at the music festival. You'll have to do it through your website. You'll have to do it through your catalog if you have Nexus in those places, right? But on the online marketplace, you can't charge sales tax. If you do, it'll get taxed twice because the online marketplace has to collect the tax and then you collect the tax. So you're in this weird situation where you actually have to go into your software and say, these products that I have, those I have to collect sales tax on if I sell into these states. But these, I do not. These, I do not include on my sales tax filing. I do not include them in my payments. And so now the simple and awesome sales process of the autographed guitar picks that you're going to be selling, trademark Dave Kane 2019, you are going to have to integrate that into your sales process, which is really unfortunate because you make awesome products and now you have all these other problems you have to work with, work through. You know, Joe, this sounds like a little bit of the Wayfair hangover. I mean, all yeah. this stuff is coming out of the Wayfair just left and right. Yeah, this is the sequel. How's a small this is, guy like going to survive? Well, you know... Kinda, How are our rate clients going to just navigate through this? This is a great question. And... I'll tell you, I've got a couple of clients that we're talking to right now, and here's what they tell me. They say, you know, Joe, we've gone through this, we looked at the Wayfair thing, and we've looked at risk. So I've mentioned in the past, 
okay, look at where you have nexus, but also look at where you have risk. If you don't have a lot of risk, you still may not choose to file in some of these places. And we've looked at that and we say, you know, there, there isn't a whole lot of risk in some places. There is in others. We're going to file there. We're not going to file in these places. And so they've made the business decision, which I agree with. Maybe we don't file every single place that we have to, that we were supposed to. And then I hear about their major client. Joe, we got one client that loves our guitar picks so much that they have decided that we will be their exclusive provider. We provide all of the guitar picks for their entire operation. They're an enormous company. They sell all of these these guitars and they have these guitar picks that they put in with them. And gosh, their department is so incredible. They're very detailed. And they've asked me, so Dave, when you sell us this stuff and you ship them all over the country for us, these guitar picks to all of our different stores and locations, um, why aren't you charging us tax in all those places? And You got an answer for that? And, well, That's a great and you, question. And you, and you look that at That is them, a great question. Did I leave you hanging? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. All right, because I'm thinking, oh my God, I got, I get a risk. I get well, risk. And so uh, in the situation where it's just a guitar pick, maybe that's for resale, maybe you don't care. But what if it's a product they're going to use in their music store? They're not reselling it. They're the end user. They have to pay tax. And they say, Dave, we, we love your stuff. Why aren't you charging his tax? Or worse yet, Dave, we notice you're only charging us one tax rate. It looks like it may be an Ohio rate. Why are you doing that? Shouldn't you be charging his tax in all these places? We do so much business with you. And the business owner, having had the conversation with me on, well, you know, some of these places, you may not have a whole lot of risk. Maybe you don't care about, you know, Kansas or Nevada or one of these other places that have a, a pretty small exposure picture. And then you get to your major client and they say, it's nice. but We want you to file and pay so that we don't have to do it. And because they're, ma- you're, they're your major customer, as a small business, you're left with, well, if I don't do it, oh boy, do I, do I piss off my major customer? What happens to me? W- w- now I'm in a real tricky spot because you go through and you do the traditional kind of business decision of, do I do this? Do I not do this? What's the risk? And you come to a place where you're good and you can sleep at night. And then your major customer comes in and kind of puts that all in perspective and say, that's nice, but that doesn't matter. You actually will have to do all this. You know, Joe, you mentioned a tricky spot. As a business owner, I don't want to be in a tricky spot. Right. I want to be able to sleep at night. How how do I get my arms around, you know, this risk, this liability? I mean, this thing is killing me. Right. Well, what what we started to see among some of our clients that we're doing some of these projects for they have now started a little bit to migrate from the Nexus studies because we've talked about Wayfair before. There's a lot of complexity there and states doing a bunch of different stuff. But with people having inventory and say an Amazon warehouse and having sales in a bunch of places, they've kind of gone away from, you know what? I don't have Nexus in all these places. A lot of people now are coming to me with, Joe, I know I have Nexus all over the place. I don't even want to talk about it. It's, I know I have it all over the place. Don't, we don't have to spend time on that. You got me, right? We're good. And then we start talking about risk, right? And so what we start talking about there is let's take a look at sales tax and income tax and franchise tax and gross receipts tax 
and all the other sorts of things that they might want to look at. And then we put it in context of based on every single state finding you today, what would you pay where, right? And the real interesting thing that we found, um, again, moving on from sort of this nexus issue and analysis, the thing that we found now is a lot of people are telling us, you know, Joe, I sell these guitar picks to this music store. And you know what? I think that they're reselling them. So I think I'm good. I think I don't have any sales tax exposure because they're reselling them. I know that. They know that. Everybody knows that. Order's going to know that. I'm good, right? And I said, well, unfortunately, a lot of these states, they look at, do you actually have the resale certificate? If you don't, they're not exempt, right? And so part of this sort of risk assessment, which is what these are, is we go through and we can model all that. And then we also go over and we model on the sales tax side, what would your exposure be if you had all these exemption certificates? And what is it today? And some of the differences have been, you know, to use a recent example, $0 if you had all the exemption certificates. And if you didn't, $16 million of sales tax. And that's a huge difference. And so when you put that in front of a, of a business owner, Sometimes you have CFOs and accountants and bookkeepers and other people that are looking at this and they're saying, hey, it's fine. And then you put that in front of a business owner and they say, my goodness, this is such a difference. We really need to make sure we're doing that. So to your question on what does this small business owner do? How in the world can yeah. they navigate all How this? How do we get through this? The first thing I would say is assume for a moment you've nexus every single place. 50 states. All, all the places, Right and Puerto Rico and the U.S. territories and maybe even Canada. Interestingly enough, we have a lot virtual. of- Right. We, <laughs> we have- You and virtual, I talk about that. Virtual guitar picks. I'm, yes. I'm in. We're, we're good. Um, uh, Pokemon. Guitar pick. Save that one for, for later. So, <laughs> so, how do we go through this? First, assume you have Nexus any, everywhere. On the sales tax side, Go down into the dungeons of your building or in the virtual situation, go into whatever virtual dungeon that you have and look at what exemption certificates do I have on file for my people. And then it's very easy. Ask yourself then, okay, now I'm going to pull my sales and I'm going to look at what do I have exemption certificates for? What do I don't? All the ones in this category over here of I don't have exemption certificates Multiply that by 15%, and that's your risk. That's what it is. What? Yeah. Because you got tax, you got interest, you got penalties. 15% is a pretty good number to get started with. And so the very first thing that we talk about when we talk about this with small business owners grabbing their heads around this is, if your sales you think are exempt, what do you have in hand? If you don't have anything, you're not exempt. Just know that. There are things that you can do to start collecting those, things that you can do to start mitigating that risk, and that can happen. On the income tax and the, and the other side, you know where you sell stuff. Look at your major states, and those states, think about how you're going to start complying. Right, right. Yep. You know, as an aside, you know, we're doing some due diligence for a client that's looking at uh, a prospect to maybe merge. You know, one of the things we're looking at very closely is the sales tax mm -hmm. and the nexus issue. And- and that's going to decrease the price. That's There's right. no question. Oh, yeah. Well, there's some hidden liability that you wouldn't believe. Well, and so if I walk into a business and they say, you know, Joe, I got, I got Dave here. He has a well-established guitar pick business. 
And I want to go in and I would like to purchase that business from Dave. And I say, that's fantastic. I love Dave's stuff. It's great. It's awesome. How can I help you? Well, you know, I'm looking at Dave's stuff. I don't see any kind of like procedures or controls or exemption certificates or sales tax accrual accounts where they've collected stuff and they need to pay it. And I'm not seeing any kind of returns for other states, but I know Dave is all over the place all the time because he's this major rock star in all the places, right? And so I'm concerned because, you know, I feel like Dave's business may maybe not be as valuable as what he thinks it is because he has all these problems. And I can actually go in there and look at all the things. And unfortunately for Dave, on the buyer side, you can get a pretty hefty discount on a business because they don't have the proper controls in place. I'm not saying that Dave's guitar pick business has any problems, but boy, it looks like it could. And that's enough to push, push to that purchase push price business. Yeah, That's right. So this crazy town thing we we started off with with Massachusetts it this is this is nuts it is this is nuts well, any and inside I, I mean I've, what? I've got some good crazy town you good okay ready? let's go so, for it so we're we and all the ghosts in the room here are all wearing glasses or some other form of eye corrective things guess what July first two thousand and nineteen in the state of Ohio the great state of Ohio those will no longer be subject to sales tax. Eyeglasses, contacts, all of that, not subject to sales tax as of that time. And they have also made the sales tax holiday in early August for clothes, school supplies, things of that nature. That has now been made permanent. So that is now a permanent thing. Every year we're going to be able to enjoy that. So on the other side of crazy town with the daily sales tax reporting and such, we now have these other kind of cool things that are happening in Ohio. Great, great. Joe, good, good uh, insight. Uh, you know, tell us what's going on with uh, Ray and Associates and the state and local uh, tax department, the SALT team. What's going on? You sure, guys are like sure. rocking and rolling throughout the state. Well, we're not quite guitar pick level sales yet, but we are, we're, we're moving forward. Uh, we have a wonderful group of clients that we're working with, really helping them out. We do some due diligence work for clients, both on the sell side and the buy side. We've had a lot of fun doing some of that. Some really interesting, cool controversy work uh, where we're going up against some of the you know state nasty state tax auditors. None of you are listening, I hope. But uh, if you are, you're are not. Are we winning? That's all oh, I yeah, want to oh, know. Yeah, we yeah. winning? Oh, yeah, okay. Winning. All right. And we may Whoa. end up going to another U.S. Supreme Court case. Uh-oh. Can I? Um, you want to know? all going? Well, probably the whole, the whole team. Can we do a podcast we're, we're on the site? Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Good. So here, let me tell you about this case because it is tremendous. You may have heard me talk about the Wayfair case in the past. Stop Uh, me if you've heard. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. All right. So you've heard that one. All right. So how about Wayfair for income tax? Ooh. Right? (laughs) Okay. I got your attention. Yes. So this is Joe, you need to get a new life. I know. Hey, this is fun stuff, man. Yes, it is. fun stuff. All right. Kimberly Rice Kastner Family Trust versus Department of Revenue. It rolls off the tongue. They're still perfecting the band name. Uh, It's a North Carolina case. It's going up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And here is the real interesting thing about this case. This is a case where we had a trust. We had a trust. And it's only connection with the state of North Carolina was a beneficiary who happened to live there. That's it. Just one beneficiary who lived in the state of North Carolina. 
And the, the department came back and said, you know what, trust, you have all this interests and dividends and capital gains and all this stuff, and we think we get to tax some of it. And the taxpayer said, why would we do that? The settler isn't there. The contracts with the providers aren't there. The executor trustee isn't there. The brokerage house isn't there. The only thing that's there is one resident, beneficiary. That's it. And so the the North Carolina Supreme Court went through that and they said, you know what? I think you're right. There is not enough contacts with the state for the state to be able to tax the trust. And so they held it unconstitutional under some of the same provisions as the previous uh, Wayfair case had kind of looked at with Nexus regarding taxes. And so what a lot of us in the community are pretty excited about is sometime soon we may have the Wayfair for income tax where we actually get to see, all right, well, if you have this much sales in a state, guess what? You have Nexus there. And so we will now have sort of a complete picture of transactional tax, gross receipts tax, income tax, franchise tax, and we'll be able to really sit down with people and say that the days of you not filing in a bunch of places and being worried about do I file, do I not, which is where a lot of people are right now, those times of worry are almost over potentially if this case goes up to this. It has gone up to Supreme Court, depending on what they decide to rule on it. Should be real interesting. And I'd love to have you and the podcast out there with the team on the steps. Maybe we can do it. It gets a little Let's cold, though, you Let's know, in, in the Supreme Court land yeah. there in the, in the morning. Joe, you're always a great guest. You, uh, you bring us uh, really bad news every time you're on the, uh, on the set, but uh, you have a way to deal with it and you have a solution. So I try. Again, I try. thanks again for joining us today, uh, Joe. Sure. Our guest today has been Joe Pop. Joe is the SALT Director, or the State and Local Tax Director for Ray & Associates throughout the state of Ohio. And uh, Joe's team is uh, rocking and rolling, as you can tell by his story about the guitar picks. That's where that all came from. And if you need to talk to Joe on any of these issues, please contact Ray & Associates at raycpa.com, and we'll be more than happy to put you in touch with Joe. Listeners, if you're watching today's episode and you have a question for Joe, go ahead and leave it in the comment section below. And you can always send us an email at contactus at raycpa.com. In the meantime, if you like today's show, like it, share it, and subscribe to Unsuitable on Ray Radio anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.